Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 334 here on the Motorcycle Man Podcast. I am Ted, your host here in the V-Twin Cafe over in the corner booth, as always. And joining me here today in the V-Twin Cafe is Amanda Zito of the As the Magpie Flies YouTube channel. Now, Amanda's here to tell us all about her travels, her channel, and her artwork as well. So stick around for that. But first, ladies and gentlemen, the Motorcycle Man podcast is brought to you by Scorpion Helmets. They offer high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. So to learn more, go on over to scorpionusa.com. And wild-ass seats. You can improve your comfort and ability to stay in the saddle longer with a cushion from wild-ass seats. So if you're tired of those painful pressure points and fatigue, get on over to wild-ass.com. And get your cushion today. Make sure you tell the real Craig Johnson over there that the Motorcycle Man podcast sent you on over. And Tobacco Motorwear. Now, for the best in casual riding gear for men and women, there's only one place you should be going, and that's Tobacco Motorwear. Visit them at TobaccoMotorwear.com. That's TobaccoMotorwear.com. And our listeners will get 10% off your order when you use the coupon code MOTOMEN. Your safety is worth it. So get on over there. Get into Dave's pants. And make sure you say that the Motorcycle Man podcast sent you. All right. Let's have a little chit-chat with Amanda. Okay, and here we are. This is the Motorcycle Man podcast, episode 334. Joining me today, all the way from... Where are you from again? <laughs> I'm in Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. I'm from Montana. <laughs> Amanda Zito, as the Magpie Flies YouTube channel. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am. Uh, how are you doing? I'm glad that you came on the show. How's things? I'm wonderful. I love the beginning of the year. It means that there's a ton of planning happening, and that's my favorite thing. Oh, so there's planning going on already. There's so much planning. Oh, boy. So that means we can expect a lot more fun YouTube videos from you. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I tell you what, before we get any further, uh, tell us a little bit about your motorcycle self and who you are, what you do. Um, well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers had a pause. I was to be like, well, my name's Amanda Zito, but you said that already. That's okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, uh, my motorcycle self started in 2012. Um, I got a 1980 Suzuki GS850 GL, my 40-year-old beauty. Wow. And I it? started riding. Yes, I do. Oh. She's my baby forever. Um, I started riding from Portland, Oregon to Montana and back. Uh, I got the bike specifically to do the trip back and forth because I was a broke college student. Um, I didn't know anything about the motorcycle community or that this was a huge niche or by any means. I was just thinking about it as a form of transportation. And... The rest of it kind of snowballed from there. Oh, that's it. Wow. Okay. Well, okay, good. Now, I want to get into you know, your YouTube channel, As the Magpie Flies. But tell us about the name. What's What does it mean and what inspired you to let's do that? <laughs> um, so, As the Magpie Flies was originally the name that I came up for my blog. Um, so, before the YouTube channel happened, I just had a blog um, and I just checked 
pictures of my bike and that's where I posted them. And it was on Tumblr and all of the old Tumblr people will totally understand. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the name As the Magpie Flies comes from the phrase As the Crow Flies, which is like the straight line between oh, two points, okay. right? And if you are unfamiliar with magpies, especially like the Eurasian magpies that we have in North America, they really like shiny things and they'll, they'll definitely get from point A to point B, but there's a lot of um, detours along the way. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, we had a flock of magpies that were on our ranch every single year. So I loved magpies growing up. And according to my grandmother, they should have been the state bird of Montana, but they won't because it's a scavenger. Um, so that's where that name comes from. It's as the magpie flies from point A to point B, but with a little bit of detours in between. Oh, I get it. Okay, that makes perfectly good sense. Because none of your trips are straight line. Yeah. They're detoured <laughs> and interrupted. So now you you posted your first video about six years ago, right? <laughs> and what made you decide to take on this motorcycle vagabond kind of lifestyle? <laughs> well, um. I've been had been traveling on the motorcycle for a couple years before I started the YouTube channel, and I specifically started the YouTube channel like not to like gain a bunch of subscribers or anything like that. It was purely just to document what I was already doing. And um, uh, in 2016, I quit my job uh, as a tattoo artist. It was a not so great working situation. Um, and I was really depressed. I had totally lost my sense of self and I lived off of that 1980 Suzuki GS850 GL for three months um, touring, West, touring Montana um, in general. I started in Portland, Oregon on my Haunted Shadow and I went to Utah and then I went up to Montana, switched bikes to my uh, 1980 and then did a big loop of Montana, all back roads, no freeways, no GPS, it was all paper maps. Um, Wow, impressive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to challenge myself, and I wanted to force myself to talk to people. And if I got lost, I would have to ask questions instead of relying on my phone. Um, and it also just, like, keys you into, like, just wandering instead of uh, just putting in Google Maps do to do and just following the directions. Yeah. Um, and it worked. I made a lot of really amazing friends. Um, most of them I actually made friends of because the bike broke down almost every <laughs> other day. <laughs> um, but that, that trip was really formative for me. And, um, I definitely <laughs> reintroduced myself to myself, if that makes no, sense. I under um, completely understand. Well, and so I came, yeah, I came back like a whole new person. And so the YouTube channel was just, uh, uh, documenting that whole trip. And I edited all the videos when I got back so that my family and friends could see what I had done. And it was mostly, there's a storage place to put it on YouTube. So it would be in the cloud. So I couldn't lose the files. Oh, I see. So basically what started out just as a, a ride for you to, to like reclaim yourself ended mm -hmm. up basically the start of your channel. Yes. Oh, and then you said, hey, maybe I'm onto something here. Let me just keep doing it. Well, I so like all those videos took me about a year to make. I think that there's like 21 episodes or something like that. They're all pretty much under 10 minutes. And it took me a year to put all of them out. And I finished the series and I stopped uploading. And people started commenting, like being like, well, are you going to keep making 
stuff. <laughs> it was like, oh, there's other people besides my family watching this, and that's not what I was expecting. But okay, sure, I like making videos. Why not? Wow. So wait a minute. So, so now, so now here you are making these. You posted these videos, and then people are just wondering, are you going to do more? How many subscribers? I can talk. How many subscribers did you have up to that point then? Um, so when I finished the pilgrimage series, I think that I barely had like two to 300 subscribers. Okay. Um, but I got like, I think I got like four emails from people and there was at least like 10 to 12 comments per video being like, are you, are you going to make stuff again? Are you going to keep going? I liked this. <laughs> wow. How about that? Now, yeah. well, I guess based on that, you were eventually able to, to quit working full time. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, well, well now, <laughs> I, I did watch the video uh, where you said, you know, you quit your job. And, and yeah. it, I, I, it was, I guess it was a difficult, like you said, it was a difficult decision for you. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you prepare, how did you prepare your life for that, though? Um, so, how I quit my job was more of, like, it wasn't my plan by any means. I hadn't been coming up to that point thinking that, like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to build all this income so that I can quit my job and just do this full time. Um, I got sick. Um, I got an ulcer and my intention was just to uh, get a sick leave of absence so that I could heal my ulcer and then I would just go back to work. I was working at REI at the time mm -hmm. and I loved working at REI. Helping people like find camping gear that works for them was just like amazing for me. I yeah. loved like seeing like the like click in people's brains were like, oh my God, I could do this and it could be comfortable. I loved that so much. Um, and unfortunately, REI's third party health and like health provider that managed their leave processes denied my medical claim. There was a bunch of other BS that happened, but the simple version of it is that they denied my claim and my manager had no other choice to be like, well, you have to come back now. And I'm like, I can't. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I was in so much pain. It was not possible for me to just stand oh. upright and pretend that everything was fine and talk to customers. Um, and it like wasn't fair to them for me to come back and be in pain. And it like wasn't fair to me. So I quit. Um, I didn't think that I was going to be doing YouTube full time from then on. I thought that I would quit. I would heal. It was going to take three months for the ulcer to heal. And uh, so I told my patrons, um, uh, for those who don't know, Patreon is essentially a crowdfunding platform. My wonderful patrons donate a, a small amount of money every single month so that I can keep making videos. And before that point, when I got the ulcer, they were just kind of supplementing my income, right. making it possible for me to only work part time at REI and also make videos. Um, and so I told my patrons what were going on, what was going on. Um, I was sick. I literally could not work a day job at that point. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we got you. And like a ton of people like doubled their their monthly like allotment um, to make it possible for me to be able to still pay bills and rent while I was sick. And wow. it was absolutely incredible. Wow. I have no words for the generosity of that's a little bit more faith in humanity when that happens, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, and so a couple months go by and I finally feel better and I'm making more videos um, and I can spend way more time on the videos as well, which was wonderful. And I was just like, well, you know, like, like AdSense went up because I was making more videos. Um, and, uh, 
I was just like, well, I'll just keep doing this until I can't anymore. And then I'll get another job. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and now it's been like two years. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but wow. Now, now you're, now you're ulcer. That, how did that, how did that get cured? Um, so just, or how did uh, it go away? Uh, <laughs> uh, so my ulcer was the combination of stress and NSAIDs. Um, so I was taking the, the gist is that I was taking too many ibuprofens, um, oh. during the week to get through my job because I have to, like, I was a cashier REI. So you're standing on concrete in one place for six to eight hours at a time. Um, it wasn't a big problem before because I was only working like three to four days a week, mm-hmm. max like four to six hour shifts. And it was fine. Um, we had a lot of people leave. And I went from those short shifts to being asked to work more like eight hour shifts. And my feet were taking the brunt of the pain. Oh, so you were I don't know if you've ever had to man. stand on a concrete floor for a mm-hmm. long time, but it's not pleasant. Um, it's not so bad if you get to move around a lot, but we are we have to stand in one spot. And um, we ha- you it became a thing that you had to get a doctor's note in order to have a stool to lean on. What? Um, yeah it was a whole thing so um i was taking ibuprofen like not like a ton i was taking one ibuprofen at the beginning of the day just to get through my shift um but i was doing that like four to five days a week and it built up in my system and it created an ulcer in my stomach unfortunately um very painful (laughs) um and at that point i was i couldn't go into like physically into the gastro um doctor to get it taken care of so his plan for my recovery was that we're gonna sit here and wait for three months and just see if it goes away and if it doesn't then we'll take we'll do more stuff really that's all they did yeah he's just like you're not allowed to take pain pills um, it was, I, I was also recommended to reduce my caffeine, which is normal. Um, mm. even when I broke my wrist, it was also like, you're not allowed to have caffeine because it restricts, um, bone growth, etc. Oh, no um, and, uh, so no caffeine, no pain pills, uh, a lot of tea, so much tea, but I'm al- already a tea drinker. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Okay. Um, and yeah, three months went by and, uh, I was better. I, mm. Took well, so many Rolades. <laughs> <laughs> Rolades and Tums, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got stomach issues too. So, you know, I understand yeah, yeah. completely. <laughs> so now, so you go on this ride, this very first ride, you called it the pilgrimage. Uh, and it looks like a really great ride. How long did that take you to do? I think that was 73 or 74 days in total. Really? Oh my god! Yeah. Wow! And did you? I guess you camped during that whole thing. Well, my intention was to camp during the whole like thing. Like one of my roles once I got to the Montana leg of it was that I wasn't allowed to stay in hotels, but um, <laughs> uh, the universe had other plans for me when I got to Eastern Oregon. Um, <laughs> but I was I was so broke. Like I barely I saved like twenty five hundred dollars for that whole trip. And which just sounds absurd now thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, and I'm, I'm so, so grateful for my family because I, I got to circle Montana and I ended up having to spend a whole week there waiting for parts for the bike. And 
Um, thankfully, uh, the community of Circle is just wonderful. Like oh, I yeah. paid for one night at the hotel, uh, but they have a fund there in town. Actually, like the church fund pays for stranded travelers to stay at the hotel no if kidding. they don't have enough money. Oh, it's wow. incredible. Um, they had to kick me out of the hotel because there was a big storm that went through. They needed the rooms for the power people to come and fix stuff. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> go. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I was just gonna like. I was just going to camp next to the Ford dealership because they were the ones who had ordered my parts in. And they're like, you're just going to stay in your tent for like four days. And I was like, well, that's what I've been doing this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, um, and they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to put you in this RV on the lot. Like they had like a used RV in the back. Oh, no of the kidding. Lot that, yes. And like they gave me a beater car to drive around. Anyway, that's a tangent. I apologize. No, that's quite all right. That's interesting. That's a really cool story, though. So now, so here you are traveling around Montana for 74 days and you were camping in at Ford dealers and uh, every place else. And, and <laughs> what are you doing for food on that? Um, I essentially lived off of uh, soup at lunchtime at restaurants because it's the cheapest meal you can get at a restaurant sure. is soup at lunch. Right. And um, and noodles and artichoke hearts for dinner <laughs> was what wow. I did most of my <laughs> That doesn't sound very, I don't know. <laughs> I, you, you must have wa- just longed for such a, like a hot meal. Really? Oh, I a, love artichoke cards. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, but. well, and, and it was a hot meal. I had a stove. Well, I cooked I, the noodles. I heated up the artichoke cards. I mean, like you know, a real full blown meal. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and a hot cup I mean, of tea. Yeah, like and I had that. soup. You know, soup at lunch was good. Like that had protein in it. I would like. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so while you're riding, you do, do you have like snacks and stuff on your in your tank bag and stuff like that? Um, on the pilgrimage, it was pretty sparse because I was working on a very very tight budget. So, um, I normally I like maybe had some peanuts and that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I had I always had water. Um, uh, definitely different than what I carry today. That's for sure. Do you, do you travel with a camelback? Um, now I do, yeah. But I did have a camelback for the pilgrimage as well. But uh, I have switched to a thing called the Moto Jug now, which is like a one-gallon stainless steel like uh, bottle that sits on my passenger peg, and then the hose comes up to my bars, and so I. Can oh just... no, really? Okay, that sounds pretty. Yeah. Neat. Wow. And that way, there's no weight on my shoulders anymore, which is life-changing. Yeah, because I I travel with the uh, with the camelback. It's you know you got one <laughs> gallon of water on your back or whatever, and uh, yeah, I had I had so. Because I, I I bike also I, I cycle also and I had a guy yeah. tell me you know you can put hot beverages in there I'm like really so I'm thinking like it's not advised not really is it <laughs> oh you you've done it um well speaking as a person who was a cashier at REI and got a lot of those returns really putting a hot beverage in a Camelback is not advised why is that tell me um because some people put like literally boiling water in the camelbacks and they're not designed for that and they can melt the hose and stuff no way oh see you just saved me because (laughs) i'm an avid tea drinker and i like my tea bubbling in the cup oh yeah you know so i'm like you know i wonder if i should do so you know i'm like i'm taking off to go to the keys and it's a chilly november morning i'm going like what if i put tea in this i'm thinking like maybe i better not i don't know i've never done it so yeah (laughs) okay so now i know I've got, I've got it for you though. I've well, got it for you. 
So you get a bottle holster and you strap it to something on the thing and then you get like a stainless steel jug. Like it doesn't have to be one gallon. You don't need one gallon of hot tea, but like. I do. <laughs> okay. One gallon. That's fine. That's okay. absolutely fine. And um, especially the ones that have the screw up and then like has a hole straight to the bottom. So you can get, you can pull the hose off of a camelback and stuff the hose into that hole down to the bottom of the container. Right. Boom. Bam. Safe hot thing but maybe wait a little bit so you're not pulling bubbling hot from through the hose oh you know what would be cool though i could rest it on the pipe and keep it bubbling hot oh see you gotta hook, i am not you, responsible if you melt a hose you got it you gotta hook oh, maybe i could do i don't know you know i'll use pex tubing pex tubing hmm. is plumbing so it's you know what you gotta hook me up with that that jug you have Yes. Oh, moto jugs are so cool. Um, the moto jug itself uh, is actually made by a gentleman, and it's like it just refers mostly to the carrying case that you put the jug in. Oh, okay. Um, and then you can get whatever kind of like one gallon um, jug thing you want to put inside of it. I think the one that I got is like the one gallon stainless steel from Arctic. I think is what I got. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you put it inside, and so the the moto jug comes with the hose. And the housing, but you have to oh, okay. insert the jug yourself. How long is the hose? It's got to be at least five feet long. I don't think it's five foot. I think it's closer to three or four, probably four. Okay. Don't quote me. All right. We'll go. <laughs> well, you're going to hook me up, and then we're because I because I'm taking a long trip in in August. I'm I'm riding out to Sturgis in August, and. Well, I'm going to need something to drink on the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's really nice, too, because then you can use an insulated jug and you're, if you oh, put ice in it, it'll see? stay cold. That means I don't have to have the camel back on. Yes. Oh. Okay. That's good. <laughs> All right. So listen, so we got off track and that's okay. But from the, from the, from the pilgrimage, uh, you, you did a whole bunch of multi-part videos from there on various yes. trips that you took. So let's yes. outline for us some of those trips that you took. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Do you want me to pull up Hot. your? You want me to pull up your channel and I can <laughs> I'm run through? Pulling it up right now. <laughs> You're supposed to know this stuff by heart, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, I know that I did the. I think I did the Baja trip after that, but I think that there was a couple trips between then and, and Baja. I could rattle oh them gosh. off and not even tell you. I'm not even looking, and I could rattle them off. Oh. <laughs> Well, I you did. Right, you did. Okay. You did the eighty days. I did do Baja like right after the pilgrimage um, on the channel. Anyway, it yeah. was actually that was like two years between um, then and that, that um, because the Baja trip was actually in twenty eighteen, mm -hmm. um, and that was with a big group of people. Um, I will never be going to Baja with seven people ever again. <laughs> I will absolutely I would love why. to go back to Baja, but not in a big group like that. <laughs> yeah, traveling traveling with a big group can be uh, testing, shall we say? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good word. It's a testing. good word. Very testing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you did your eighty? Uh, was it eighty day trip around across the country? That was the one you did. Uh, no, the longest trip I ever done was the pilgrimage. Like, so the seventy four days right. um, during the pilgrimage was the longest one. Um, after Baja, I broke my wrist. <laughs> um, good job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I was going, I did Lolo Motorway on my way back home and I uh, hit a ditch and uh, I didn't drop the bike, but I broke my wrist from the impact. Um, and 
I rode it a stupid amount of miles until so until my parents could pick me up because I didn't have a satellite messenger yet. And safe to say that I owned one now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so then it was a couple of months waiting. Well, not a couple. Yeah, it was. It was a couple of months waiting for my wrist to heal. So I did a bunch of like small videos um, waiting for my wrist to heal so I could ride again. And then I did the Southern California BDR. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, and I burnt the clutch out of my tiger. <laughs> Good job! Yeah, in the first section. All right, ride that um, clutch. <laughs> yeah, and I spent like nine hundred dollars getting that fixed before I could take it home. Um, that was very painful. Uh, so safe to say, did not finish the California BDR Aww. and went home. Um, and uh, shortly, that right before that trip to Cal- uh, so the Southern California BDR, I got let go from my Harley Davidson job. So I was kind of like free floating after the California mm-hmm. BDR after like a thousand dollar repair bill. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then shortly after that is when I got the job at REI. And uh, I started working at REI and I can only do like shorter trips after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a little trip to Montana here and there. Um, and then I think, yeah, like the next big trip after that is the first uh, big cross country trip. Yes. In right. 2020. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, there's more. That, I know there's more. That, <laughs> well, yes, there's another one after the 2020 cross country trip. Um, and uh, 2020 was the first like big i think i think that was 24 days in total i went from portland oregon to north carolina and back um it was 8000 miles and you didn't say hello i know i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so rude <laughs> um i it was funny cuz i had planned that trip before the whole world happened yeah. and there was so many people who were just so upset with me or not because i we had planned to like do a bunch of meetups and then all of the all of the bullshit happened and uh i couldn't i couldn't um justify it in my heart to like do that yeah. and like if anybody got sick i would not ever forgive myself be all um, your fault it would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i didn't do any of the meetups and i did i got emails from people who were like well you stopped and seen these people but you didn't do the meetups and like we see like how we rate and blah, oh my god it, it was it's like get over I, yourself already right <laughs> i was like if i could have i would have i just did not feel right about it <laughs> no it's quite all right no i get it i totally get it um also like doing 8,000 miles in 24 days yes, is extremely ambitious. Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah, it was very ambitious. Um, I, I did do it. Yeah, I, did, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched a few of them, but I will go That's through okay. all of them. No, it's quite cool. no, because I really want to see them all. Because I know you went through some of my favorite places, and I have to check that out. Um, um, 10,000 miles on an Africa Twin. You did that. Oh, that's the most recent. You're, you're skipping stuff now. I am. We're not I'm, there yet. <laughs> oh, you did that tour of Oregon and you did yes, Idaho. I did the tour of Oregon in the rain. Um, and I did uh, the couple, a couple sections of the Idaho BDR. Ooh, um, the, that's the longest one, isn't it? No, uh, actually, is it no. The longest one? Actually, I it was. Like, it, it was the longest one. And then they did the Northeast BDR oh, from yes, New York yeah. to Maine. Now that's the longest one. But at, up that time, 
they were so because I'm a BDR freak. I've never done one. I want to do one, but I don't have the bike for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, um, the. I've watched them all. I've had Tim James on the show. In fact, he's going to be on the show again, and we're going to talk about the. Uh, they just did the Oregon, I believe. They just did Oregon. Yes, yeah, the Oregon's going to come out February third. Yeah. Um, he told me the fourth. Fourth, fourth. I'm sorry, yeah. February fourth. Yeah. Right. So they're doing that. So and he's going to have it. We're going to be on. He's going to be on, and we're going to talk about that. But I remember when they first uh, when they did the Idaho. They said it was the toughest one at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, they said it was the toughest one. Because it was, I guess, because it was so long. I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, length is one thing. Um, Up until the Mid Atlantic BDR was put out, the Idaho BDR was actually the one that they recommended for people to start on because it was the easiest out of all the ones in the West. Yeah. See, I was told that the New Mexico one was one of the easiest ones. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's mostly flat dirt roads and there's only a couple spots that it might get muddy but now that yeah. but but when the mid-atlantic came out i said oh well hell i could do that on a sportster you know so yeah the mid-atlantic is super easy yes which, which which there's no reason why i shouldn't do that because it's like right here i can i can yeah do it. you're and, right next to it it's yeah, so I, much farther away for me that's no excuse <laughs> you've been all over the country come on uh so anyway so you've done all these trips do you have a favorite was there any one of these trips you did a, your favorite? Oh, gosh. You can't count the so Montana hard. trip. The pilgrimage, you can't oh, count that. Oh, come no. on. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you're going to say that's your favorite. I'm like, yeah, because it was super formative. And like, also, I have so many stories from that trip. Okay, well, um, all right. I understand. Okay. Uh, well, I'll let you have that. <laughs> other um, than that, did you have a favorite Other trip? than that... Um, I did enjoy like the first cross country trip. Like I can't say it's my favorite though because I was so stressed out trying to do Why? all of those miles in such a short period of time oh. because I had I had a small window and I had to be back for my job. Oh, okay. Um, and so, so you I were asked crunching for, miles on that. Yeah, it was rough. like the last four days was rough. Um, and uh, I was initially given only 20 days by my work to do it. And then I got my coworkers to take four more days of my shifts. So I had, that's why I got the 24. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was, it was stressful, especially at the end, trying to make sure that I was going to get back in time. Right. Um, but also it was a trip that I got to ride in West Virginia and like West Virginia is like my long lost love. Really? Oh my God. I love West Virginia. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, well, well. I I guess now, did you? Is that when you did the Blue Ridge Parkway? Was that like in that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do the whole Blue Ridge from the very top where it's Skyline Drive all the way down to through to through Tennessee? No. No. um, When I went through the Virginia section, Mm -hmm. um, they it was raining. It was so it was absolutely pouring. It was and like all the fog, and I didn't feel comfortable starting it like and not being able to see more than fifteen feet ahead of me. Yeah, that's kind of bad. I um, so instead of doing that, I went out to Kitty Hawk and then came down. And I think that I hopped on to Blue Ridge around Charlottesville. I have to look at the map. Hold around on. Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, you skipped a lot. I so skipped now, a lot. Now oh, you got to see. Now you Asheville have to come is, Asheville. Yes. So Asheville you have to. Where... Now you got to come back and do the whole thing. <laughs> you, you missed so much. I missed a lot, um, and I only got to do like from Asheville down to Atlanta. Um, well, that's almost yeah. that's almost the whole tail end of it. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, but yeah, West Virginia was my biggest love yeah. from that first cross country trip. Um, and uh, I mean, like this last cross country trip was fun, but it was stressful, like in a different way. It was just like it felt like a lot of things were just like kind of going against me because I decided to go in March and found out that that was Texas spring break. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like a lot of stuff that I wanted to do in Texas that I couldn't do because it was insane. I, I got one word for you. It's called planning. <laughs> yeah. Research. <laughs> well, I mean, like those places say like, yeah, like they, they say that their peak season is in like February. And I so I went in March and like no, none of those websites talk about Texas spring break. Mm, I understand. OK, <laughs> I, guess, I guess, you know, but hey, I, 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 mean, I guess taking things like weather into consideration. That's a, one of the first things I do is like, what's the weather like where I'm going or passing through this time of year that I want to go? And I usually find out that it's never what I want it to be. <laughs> never. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, I'm I'm fine when it's cold. I I'm pretty used to that at this point. Yeah, no, because you can dress for that, you know. And, and yeah. I have the gear for the cold weather, but I, yeah. I, I I maybe you too. I despise riding in the rain. It's not pleasant, but I will do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, but it's if I'm riding and it starts raining, oh well, no big deal. But if it's raining when I have to, st- no, <laughs> I will. I've only only on a couple occasions have I ever started a ride where it is raining, and that's like out of no choice. But then, uh, yeah, I, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Let, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about bikes. Now, right, 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 what? Right. Well, I guess we can. How do we? How do you want to do this? The bikes you've had, or how many bikes do you have, or what bikes do you have? How do you want to do? I don't know. Because I know there's a well, Triumph Tiger. And, there's and not anymore. Though. They're right, and I want to. I want to know why. <laughs> so the tiger is the only bike that I've sold. I own the all of all the bikes that I have owned. I still have, except for the tiger. Why? We were not not meant to be. Oh really? Incompatible. Yeah. Uh, incompatible. Also, it is the only bike that I've ever owned that I also had a loan on. Um, so I was making payments on it as well. Uh huh. And um, I could do everything on my CB500X that I was doing on the Tiger. So at that point, for me, it didn't make sense financially. I was no longer at the dealership, so mm-hmm. I was no longer making that money yeah. where it made sense to be like having like a 200 and some dollar payment on a bike. Oh, okay. Um, did you like it, though? Um, I did enjoy it while I had it. Yeah. Um it's very top heavy. The way that they designed that gas tank is not my favorite. I've been told that the newer Tigers are better designed, but I haven't been able to ride one to make my own opinion about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you have? Um, so, of course, we have talked about my baby, my 1980 Suzuki GS850GL. Her Boy, name is Did Lazarus. you say 1980? Yes. Wow, that's got some age to it. She is she is the love of my life. <laughs> wow. Is it collecting dust though? Um, so she hasn't been running the last couple of years. Uh oh. Uh but I have plans to bring her back to life okay. soonish. Okay. Right. Um and uh after Lazarus, uh I got the two thousand five Honda Shadows uh Spirit seven fifty. Mm-hmm. My dad traded a four wheeler for it. It was my graduation <laughs> present from college. <laughs> and I put a lot of 
miles on that shadow, uh, a right. lot of miles on the shadow, um, all over Oregon, like back and forth from Portland to Montana and back a ton. Like that was before the YouTube channel. Um, and then uh, I got, um, I brought home a 1972 Honda CB175 that's in pieces in my shed. <laughs> sure, As why not? Do. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just take it apart and put it in a shed. That's it'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It I was it was meant to be my project bike when I still only had like if I still only had the shadow and I had my 1980 Suki. I was like, well, I'll just get a project bike and I'll like rebuild it. It'll be super cute. Like I don't have a small bike yet. That sounds good. Um, and then I did the pilgrimage and I came back and, um, my papa found out what I had been doing on my 1980 Suzuki, um, AKA I was doing a lot of off-roading with frozen rear shocks and <laughs> on a bike that wasn't made for it. And he's like, you can't be doing this kind of stuff on that kind of bike. And so he was trying to find me a used KLR because, uh, he wasn't, he was all freaked out worrying about me doing this off-road stuff on a very old motorcycle. Um, I didn't like the KLR. Um, it just didn't feel right when I sat on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, see now, now, now Graham Field will disagree with you on that because uh, he, yeah, he has an sure. affair with a KLR pretty much all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just hasn't learned. <laughs> I, I feel like some people, like when you get on a bike, like, you know, it, it's yeah, like, this is absolutely like, the bike. Absolutely. And when I sat on the KLR, I knew that it was not the bike. <laughs> it's like, get me <laughs> off this thing. Right? <laughs> and so I came home and, uh, of course, like the 2016, the new Africa Twin, the, like the reintroduction of the Africa Twin happened. And that was the bike that I wanted. That mm, I had a love affair with that bike. I wanted it so badly. But at that point, it was 12 grand, which sounds hilarious now because um, <laughs> the Africa Twin is much more than that now. A little. Um but the CE Fighter X has the same parallel twin engine. It's just a smaller displacement. Okay. And um, the gentleman who worked at the dealership we went to was like, well, I know that you love the twin. I'm sorry it's not in your price range right now. But, like, the CB is just as good. And he had bought, like, the 2015 model to make room on the floor for the 2016. And in Montana, they're not allowed to have, like, gas, like, fuel and the batteries in the bikes on the floor. It's, like, a fire safety thing. What? So I couldn't ride that bike, like, test ride it. But he gave me his bike, and he's like, yeah, go up the mountain and come back down and tell me if you like it off-road. Nobody went with me. Wow. He had, like, barely 10 miles on that bike, and he's just like, yeah, take my bike. Go, wow. go See? have some fun. That's the way and, it like, should be. Tell that, me if you like it. That's the way it should be done. <laughs> That's the way it should be done, right? <laughs> and so, like, of course, I had been riding, like, a four-year-old bike with frozen rear shocks that was absolutely not made to go off-road. And so when I took the CB up the mountain, got onto the gravel and everything, it felt absolutely incredible. I, like, was absolutely in love. I, I was like, this is, like, night and day difference. Of course, Amanda. <laughs> Um, so I came back and, um, my wonderful Papa, I'm so spoiled. Um, Papa bought me the CV100X. So I had that outright. Wow. Good for you. Um, it was incredible. I have no, like no illusions about how spoiled I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I rode the crap out of that bike. Uh, I think 
by the time that I got the Tiger, I'm pretty sure I had 25,000 miles on that bike. There you go. Um, and so I got the Tiger for work because I was working at the dealership, and the dealership was actually a combination Harley and Triumph dealership, and they didn't like that I was riding a Honda on <laughs> store rides. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, so they worked out a really good deal. I got to buy the Tiger for like pretty much like six grand, um, and then I was working off the payments. It was a used, it was an Eagle Rider bike, oh, okay. um, so it already had like I think it had like three or four thousand miles on it when I bought it. That's nothing. Nah, it's not bad, um, especially for a Tiger. Those right. can go a while before they have to be rebuilt. <laughs> um, and so I had the Tiger for quite a while. I feel like I had it for like two two years i think before i sold it and i put twelve thousand miles on it um and i uh you know i burnt out the clutch replaced the clutch and just started riding the cb after that because you you know like when you burnt out like when you break like a significant part of your bike you kind of lose confidence in it for a little while mm, and yeah. i had kind of lost lost confidence in the tiger and so i was just like riding the cb all the time and then i lost like, of course, I lost the job at Harley, and so I wasn't making as much money. And I was like, why do I have this bike that I'm paying $200 a month on when I'm not riding it right now? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I have a lot of other bikes that I could be riding. I don't, I didn't, didn't have a reason to have it anymore. Um, so I sold it to a good friend. So it has a wonderful, good home. I get pictures of him all the time. <laughs> um Oh, you genderized then, your bike, did you? <laughs> <laughs> He's my baby. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, of course, I also have a Badavis moped. Because why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've gotten to ride a moped before, but they, like, they're super fun. Like, you ride them for a little while, and they rattle apart, and you put them back together, and then you ride them again, <laughs> and they rattle apart. <laughs> I think the only small I, bike that I would be even remotely interested in getting would be a Grom. <laughs> that would be fun. Yes. That'd be uh, that the only small bike I would ever even <laughs> consider. You know. Um, and I also own a Coleman mini bike, and that's in Montana. I use that for Rocky Mountain Roll, which Coleman, is, uh, like as in Coleman camp. camping products. Yes. Get out of here! They made a bike. Yeah. Oh, geez. yes. It's a mini. It's a pit bike, so it's like fifty cc's, just barely. Yeah. And it's like a lawnmower engine, pretty much. Um, but there's so much fun. There's oh. so much fun. Okay. Yeah, you can take that um, with you when you go and, places, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then, last but not least, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I can't call her mine yet. Um, but I got to borrow a 2022 Honda Africa Twin Adventure Sport. Oh, ESDCT from oh, Honda. Oh, that's the one that's on summer. your late. That's one of your latest videos, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It oh, is. okay. Um, I put ten thousand miles on that bike in the span of four months, and I am still in love with the Africa Twin, and I'm working on making her mine. <laughs> oh, are you really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so between your current CB that you have and the Africa <laughs> Twin, I mean, are you going to be like CB what? <laughs> I don't think I could ever say CB what. There's 50,000 miles on my CB. I love her to pieces as she does have her place. Uh -huh. But I've gotten to this place uh, with the way that I travel that I'm pushing a lot of miles in a very short period of time. 
and traveling on the CB is taking its toll on my body. <laughs> oh, so and but the Africa Twin would not. No, it's so much more comfortable. Oh, really? Doing oh, okay. long well, miles right. on, yeah. All right, all right, and it's the Africa Twin is obviously more suited for off-road stuff, whereas the CB is not. Yes. The CB is yes. Not. The the uh, clearance on the Africa Twin is a lovely. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, hey, you know, you got you got to do what you got to do, and if that's what brings you happiness, then by all means. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, does, now does this mean you sell the CB? No, no. Oh, so you're just going to no. stockpile motorcycles is what you're doing. I mean, you can't get rid of a gift. She was a gift. Oh, I well, can't get true. rid of her. Yeah, that's true, too. I guess yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. I, 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 I guess. Because, yeah, uh, no. Now, but do you give each of your bikes a share, t- you know, a fair share of saddle time? Um, so uh, I try to when they're running. <laughs> <laughs> when they're running. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, that's the great thing about having a ton of bikes is that, like, when one starts to have problems and you don't have enough money to fix it, there's another one to ride. Yeah, but you still got to fix the one that's not running. Yeah, but you have time to save money to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a logic there somewhere, and I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> See, and like, no, that's like, well, like about two, three years ago, my one bike uh, broke and I had to fix it and I didn't have another bike. Oh, but in a, in a way, I'm glad I didn't, because if I did, I probably probably would have taken me longer to fix the bike. Mm-mm. You know, and this way, it took me six months to fix the bike. Mm-mm. So, but you, you do what you got to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's let's change gears completely here. <laughs> Let's talk about your videos and your production process, you know, and, you know, uh, you did a, you did a video about this about a year ago and Mm -hmm. you, you outlined your entire setup, which is more gear than I will ever own for videos. You got more (laughs) gadgets and cameras and lenses and fuzzy things that I'll ever have. But so run through, I mean, what uh, has your gear changed since then? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, so um, what what, you, what are you using? I know you had in one of your videos you 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 dropped the whole. You're not doing the GoPros anymore. No, not um, I'm absolutely no GoPros anytime, ever again. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> ever again, definitively. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've I've run um, through a handful of people who have great luck with the GoPro, and then there's mm-hmm. people who have horrible luck with the GoPros. Yes. Yeah. I've I'm kind of mixed. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it's one of those things that it was just hit and miss enough that I was like more frustrated using it, and like that's saying something as somebody like I absolutely love capturing video. It's like one of my great loves. People ask me all the time. They're like, "Well, how do you balance like recording for YouTube and then also being in the moment?" And I'm like, "I don't think you understand. Like me capturing it is how I am in the moment." Um, Yeah. Duh. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, like, I I think for me personally, like, capturing the content and, like, doing the videos makes me take longer and appreciate places more than if I wasn't. Because you're forced to stop and be like, well, what's the lighting like? And you're looking at it and you're making a frame in your head and that kind of stuff. And you're taking time to look at the scenery around you more than you probably would otherwise. You would glance and be like, that's pretty cool. Um, and then you keep moving. Um and that's not to say that's not how everybody does it, but right. uh, 
I, I feel like it makes me take more time places than I would otherwise. Right. How many camera shoot are you doing on the usual ride? You're using two how, camera, how, many, how many cameras do you oh. use on your shoots? Are you using like two, uh, are you doing two cameras or are you just doing one? Um, are we talking about just DSLRs or are we talking about all the cameras? Oh, crap. Uh, I, geez, <laughs> I, you opened up a whole door of, I don't know, right there. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. I'll try, I'll try to be quick. Um, I have a Sony A7R2. That's my big body DSLR. It's a full frame camera. It's mirrorless. She is my workhorse. Um, And then I have a Sony ZV-1. That's essentially just like my point and shoot, my run and gun, like vlogging camera if I don't want to get out the big boy, essentially. Um, And then I have, I've moved on to the DJI Action 2, but I still have uh, two other DJI Action cameras for backups in case that one um, craps out. And then I also have an Insta360 X2. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. And then I have the Mavic Air. Oh, drum. do you really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> have you done, I, I, again, I haven't watched all your videos, but have you done drone footage? Yes. Yeah. I, I actually, I have um, my license and everything. Really? See, I, I, I don't have a license. And I, because <laughs> I, I, I just got a drone for Christmas and mm-hmm. I got the uh, Mavic Pro and I'm having a, a lot of fun with it. Yeah, a lot of fun, and I I don't know. I guess I should. I, I, do I have do I have to go get licensed? I don't know. Do I should I? Okay, this is my public service announcement <laughs> to everyone who has a YouTube channel. Yeah, okay. Um, and Instagram actually, this this counts for Instagram and social as well. If you post drone footage in any of your videos and they have AdSense on them, or if you post Instagram Reels and you're a part of the bonus program that footage counts as commercial drone usage, in which case you have to have a license from the FAA. Oh, no kidding. How about that? Fortunately for me, I don't have any of those uh, Google (laughs) AdSense things, so I am okay. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but I do but pay. I, I, I do pay. A lot of people who don't know. So oh, that's yeah. well. That's that's good to know. See, I didn't know that. You know, but I, I do pay attention to the uh, fly zones and yeah. wh- where you're not supposed to fly and all that crap. But fortunately, around my house, there are no restrictions, so Wonderful. I'm going way to hell up there. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, it's the safe thing is to say that you stay under 400 feet and you stay away from crowds of people mm-hmm. and you stay yep. away from airports. Right, exactly. Um, there is an app called Drone Up um, that is up. really, really essentially uh, it tells you if the area that you're going to fly in is, res- is a restricted air zone or restricted airspace you are also not allowed to fly anywhere near a national park or in wilderness areas well that hmm that doesn't that kind of like restrict you though me yeah because i mean i don't fly in national parks don't you do a lot of riding in national parks yes you ride national parks um, there's a couple of websites called like Storyblocks and that kind of stuff that will sometimes have drone footage from oh, national okay, parks that, that I will you can use. use. Okay. Yeah, but oh, I don't okay. fly in national parks because okay. you you have to have a very special permit. You have to pay the national park a lot of money to really? fly a drone there. And um, if you get caught just flying a drone and you don't have any of those special permits, which are very difficult to get, 
then you get slapped with a very hefty fine. I think at one point it was 20 grand. <gasps> okay, so um, we'll not be flying any drones in national parks, boys and girls. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, and wilderness areas are different than forests, uh, national forests. I think for wilderness areas, because I'm a wildlife guy, I, I'm, I'm sure it might have something to do with uh, endangered species and eagles and birds of prey, things of that nature. But also because our wilderness areas are there to protect, like, just like it, you're not even meant to have anything that has wheels. Like, you can't take a bicycle into a wilderness area. Right. Wow. Um, we wouldn't yeah. want drones crashing into pristine ground, right? That would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want your drone taken out by a bald eagle. That would be bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so you're at on any particular ride that you're going on that you're going to do footage with, how much gear do you carry with you? Um, so all the cameras that I just mentioned always go with me. Wow. Uh, and then I have, uh, normally carry three different kinds of microphones. So I have a shotgun microphone and then I have a road wireless go, um, mm-hmm. the first gen. Um, and so that's just a wireless lab mic. And then I also have a Tascam um, uh, recorder. And so I'll have a lab mic attached to that as well. Um, got to have a bunch of different options for audio just in case one of them breaks, you know? Yeah, that's just true. Um, Because we never have audio problems with a GoPro. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I normally carry three different lenses. So I have a 50 prime and then I have a 20 millimeter wide and then I have a 28 to 200 zoom. Wow. Wow, you're carrying a lot of gear with you. Is there any (laughs) room for your camping stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure there is. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Now so now you've now you you go out for a, you go out for a ride or you or you're on a trip and you've mm-hmm. done you're done all your filming and now you're back and you're gonna edit all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you're done, how long does it take you for you to produce a video for your channel? <laughs> <laughs> That's one, of, um, what's, that's one of those we'll not discuss this uh, you know, answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like a normal talking head video, like I do talking head videos um, in my garage in the wintertime. And those can normally take me like 12 hours to edit. And they're fairly straightforward. Um, since there are so many cameras um, and one of them is 360 footage mm-hmm. uh, for the travel videos, it can take me anywhere from 20 to 42 hours to edit one video. Wow. Well, let me, uh, well, getting back to that real quickly. So mm-hmm. you're shooting with the, with the DJI, the Osmo camera. Mm-hmm. You got that. And then you got yeah. the Insta360. Do you have another camera you have running at the same time? Um, normally, I only have about two like, ac- like action cameras yeah, two, going. So you, so. so you basically have a two camera shoot when you're doing the, your videos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so That's like the... Cross-country trip that I did in March 2022, um, the the flight south, I had three going because I still was trying to see how the Insta360 was going to do. So I wanted a backup handlebar camera view. So at that point, I had an Osmo on my helmet, an Osmo on my handlebars, and then I had the Insta360 on uh, essentially a, a selfie stick right. off of my engine guards. Um I was I at that point I wasn't relying on it. I wanted to make sure that I had a, a backup uh, shot from the handlebar just in case I didn't like what the 360 was capturing. Right. Um, 
And it went really, really well. And I ended up using a lot of footage from the 360 over what I was getting off the handlebars. So um, over the rest of the summer, I was pretty much just running the Insta360 on my handlebars. And then um, in May, I got the Action 2 for my helmet. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know three camera shoots is a lot of work. Yeah. That's a lot and, of work. I mean, uh, two cameras is <laughs> hard enough, but the three camera yeah. shoot. Oh. And I haven't worked and with then, the Insta360 yet. Yeah. Do you like that? I, I do like it. It's it's nice to be able to have full control over like where the camera is going to be pointed at after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you're less worried about like, oh, has it dipped a little bit low, or like, is it capturing my whole head, or is it just capturing my chest, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And same thing, like from the helmet perspective, like, is it tipped too low? Am I only getting my like, like a uh, tank bag and that kind of stuff? And that's kind of why I really like the action too, because there's a wider field of view than oh, the okay. original Osmo. Um, I haven't got to play with the Osmo 2 yet. That one just came out recently. Um, I haven't got my hands on one of those yet. Oh, wow. Now, I noticed you, you do a lot of voiceover work in your videos. You, I, you have not embraced the in-helmet narration yet, have you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, so I think that there was a couple of times, like there's a couple of trips in 2021 where I used some in in helmet audio, but it wasn't a ton and it was mostly just like standing, like sitting still. Um, I don't like talking to the camera when I'm moving, um, mostly because I don't think that I'm saying what I want to get across in the most succinct way. Mm -hmm. And... I try to keep my videos uh, to the point. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, no rambling, right? Yeah, like there's the, the very little bit of rambling that there is is probably at the end of the video, and it's probably just me talking straight to the camera and like not in my helmet. Um, and I also think that like the audio quality is just so much better if I do voiceover at home in a oh, controlled yeah. environment. Oh yeah. Um, and audio quality really, really is important to me. And obviously, everybody goes through their own audio journey on YouTube to get to the point where <laughs> it gets better, you know? <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> My last two um, videos I shot, I had no audio whatsoever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yay me. Um I just want to deviate from your, your, your rise for a second, and let's talk about your artwork that you do. How do you find the time to do that? Uh, in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Do you get a lot of work from that? Um, yes and no. Uh, I kind of squished myself into a, a niche doing motorcycle event posters. Um, obviously, that kind of dwindled off in 2020. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, there's still, I have a couple of regulars that I work for. And like, I do the women's motorcycle show poster every week. Uh, not every week, every year, I should okay. say. Every week. That would be intense. That would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I do the women's motorcycle show poster every single year. Um, and, uh, I think there's one or two others that I do regularly. Um, like I just have like a long standing thing and when they email me, I'll be like, yep, I'll get that done. Um, and, but I want to make it very, very clear that I am an illustrator and not a graphic designer. I will not make anyone's logo. Yeah. You don't want to do logo work. No. no. Um, and it's remarkable 
how many people don't know what the difference between a graphic designer and an illustrator is. Um, and I, I get it. Like we we live in a world where like uh, photography is like the main thing, and so most people don't really understand the difference. But the main thing is like I'm not going to be able to make you a logo that you're going to be able to like size up and down. It's a totally different format. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, don't do that. <laughs> no, you know what? Because I, I, I've done logo work before, and the thing is, it is yeah. a very, it's a very personal thing, <laughs> and that person is going to be extremely critical of everything you throw at them, and <laughs> they're going to throw it back at you every time. Yeah, you know? and that does going to just come to a point you're just going to go, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. It's rough work, and I like I give kudos kudos for graphic designers because like they have the patience of gods. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen some of your artwork that you have on your website, and that is some great stuff. Do you do you Thank do you do, do you do large uh, versions, large prints of those as well? Um, so on my Rebelable shop, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the, you can get larger prints. Um, my Etsy shop is mostly for like postcard size prints. Um, I'm selling my calendar right now. I don't know when this is going to be out, so I don't know if they'll still be in store. But uh, your 2024 um, calendar, 2023. Oh, 2023 calendar. Okay, you know, you know, it um, is January. You know that. Right? I know that's January. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, what do you use I, to do your illustrations? Um, so I ink everything by hand, and then really? I will scan it at a high res, and then I'll uh, paint it in Photoshop. No kidding! Wow. So you're like doing it old school. Yes. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Well, you don't you don't see too many people doing that anymore. Everything's no. Man, <laughs> kind of, it, yeah, it definitely. I feel like it sticks me out a little bit from the crowd and. I, I definitely went into motorcycle illustration from a different background, I think, than a lot of people who uh, do, like, the motorcycle illustrations that we're accustomed to seeing, like, on event posters or on T-shirts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and coming from a fine arts background, I feel like I just came out came at it with a different perspective um, that definitely kind of stuck me apart from what people were seeing regularly anyway. Right. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate your the illustrations that you. Are, well, let me ask you this: those illustrations that you show on your website are they? Um, do they, they go in line with your your posters that you're doing? Is this the same kind of artwork? Yeah. So um, my uh, blindthistleillustration.com is my portfolio website for um, my artwork, and yeah, a lot of the pieces on there are the event posters that I've done for other companies and that kind of stuff. Um, on my Instagram, you'll see quite a few of the pieces that end up in the calendar. Um, and that's like m- most of my recent work is just making work for the calendar. Okay. Wow. You have to, you know, you have to, I want you to give me links to all that stuff too. Uh, when yeah. we're done talking, you can give me all those links. I want to ask you a very important question and one that's been plaguing my brain since I first started watching your videos. What is get out and do the thing? <laughs> Well, the short is just like to encourage people to go outside and like do whatever you want to do, like that would encourage you to go outside. I didn't want to make it like go outside and ride because I I think that it's also equally important to go outside and just go for a walk or go outside and go camping. Um, like, and I also have a lot of people who watch the channel who don't even ride motorcycles, like they ride bicycles or they live in a van or 
that kind of stuff. And so for me, get out and do the thing is really inclusive just to go outside and spend time outdoors in nature. I like it. I like that a lot. I might have to buy one of your t-shirts just for that. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, how can people learn more about you and follow what you do? Um, So I upload weekly on As the Magpie Flies on YouTube. Um, My handle on Instagram is at blindthistle, as in can't see the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) like that. That's awesome. Um, And then my uh, website is asthemagpieflies.com. Excellent. Now, uh, do you have any words of encouragement or or wisdom that you can spread along uh, for anybody who might want to be a magpie like you? Spend more time outdoors. <laughs> uh, sound advice, right? Just get out there, damn it. Yeah. Don't be a couch I, potato. I think, yeah, I think it's huge. I think that like if you really want to go do something, the only person who's gonna make that happen is you. I have to ask you these questions. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. <sighs> That's a shame. <laughs> I can't I can't like I responsibly say Dunkin' Donuts because I don't think I've gone to Dunkin' Donuts ever. What? You, seriously? No. Yeah. Well, I think as as far as I know, if I looked at the map, I think like pretty much everything west of the Mississippi is all Starbucks. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. So you got to come east. Of, you got to come east. Of, check that. Okay. Like I think that there's a couple Dunkin' Donuts in Portland, but yeah, no, I've pretty much always gone to Starbucks. They probably don't know how to make it anyway. So, where would you rather be? The mountains, the coast, the desert, or the palms? The, or the plains? Mountains. The mountains. mountains. It's I, not I, even I, a question. Mountain girl, of course. All right. Next question. Uh, what's your puff? Cigarettes, cigars, vape, that other stuff. You don't smoke anything. I don't smoke anything. Okay, good for you. All right. And going next, your favorite time of year, spring, summer, autumn, or winter? Autumn. Autumn. All right. We like every a lot of people are surprised how many people like autumn. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Day. What's in your ears when you ride? Music, podcasts, audiobooks, or nothing? Audiobooks. Gotta have my stories. <laughs> of course. You know what? <laughs> what, what? What do you use for a headset? What, what's your communication device? Um, so I have a Sienna 10 C Evo, but most of the time when I ride, I actually use plug phones. Plug phones? Yes. I have them. Plug phones. So there are these blue things, and then there's yellow, like essentially like earplugs on the end. Okay. Um, And it's Bluetooth, so it hooks to my phone, and that way I can hear my books, but even when I'm going 75. Okay. All right. That's something to keep in mind. I should do something like that because I like like to listen to audiobooks too, but with my SMH10 Senna thing, it's like, yeah. You can't hear nothing. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you upgraded to the to HD speakers yet? Because that's life changing. No. Well, I, again, the, the, I have the Senna SMH10, which is basically about one step above a, you know, a play school device, right? So <laughs> the audio quality is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it, it's 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 the it's the Sony Walkman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to upgrade to a, a better unit. You know. Uh, in, I'll figure something out, but eventually. Uh, Coke, Pepsi, or water? Or other? Coke. Coke, see? I like Coke, but I can't drink it anymore. Yeah, my, my partner drinks way too much. I try to <sighs> make sure that I only drink like one a day if I'm going to drink one. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I, I, right now, I, I would probably maim somebody for a Coke. 
It's been, it's been a long time since I had one, and I just... Uh, well, speaking of that, uh, what's your morning brew? Is it coffee, tea, orange juice, or water? Tea. Tea. What kind of tea do you drink? Chai. Um, but I also have, like, this spicy ginger tea that I love. <laughs> and there's nothing I like more than a super strong cup of regular black tea. This got to be, it could, like, I want it to be, but anything that's, like, fruity and flowery and all that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you no, 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 no. You have to try spicy ginger before you rank on it. It's not flowery. I'll have ginger tea. I'll drink ginger tea. Yeah, because that's that's really good for you, and I, I, I kind of yeah. like like the flavor of that. And but never the twain shall meet. No, <laughs> oh no. Uh, here's the next one: beef, poultry, seafood, or vegetarian. Well, I'm not actually a vegetarian, but that's like gonna be my pick i grew up on a ranch i like i like beef i'm here for the beef but also like most of the time when i'm traveling i eat vegetarian oh so you're a little bit of both but we'll, yeah. put, we'll put you down as vegetarian All okay right. okay we'll do that that's easy um <laughs> wine beer or spirits or not a drinker uh, are we talking about on a trip or like at home or yes <laughs> 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 at home spirits i'm a whiskey girl oh. on the trip i don't drink at all okay all right so we'll put you down for spirits that's good okay now the the last and final one and this one i always get varied answers and this, it takes a little it's a little longer to, for me to read this out okay now what kind of person are you are you a morning person up at the crack of dawn are you a normal person you wake up do stuff go to bed normal hour are you a night owl up until the wee hours and you sleep most of the day or are you a combination of all three? That's why you're tied all the time. I'm I'm a combination of all three. Yep. So I'm tired all the time. <laughs> yep. That is that is the answer that I get all the time. And with that one, you would be among thirty-three percent of our voters. Do yeah. that. That's it. That's it. Wow. Well, thank you very much for taking part in the motorcycle men chrome poll. <laughs> Listen, Amanda, I want to thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast. You've been an absolute pleasure to speak with. Really, I, it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you after we're done. Uh, but again, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Motorcycle Man podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. So if you want to see your money go to something that actually makes a difference, get on over to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate and help out. And, of course, the Gold Star Ride Foundation. We're helping the families of fallen soldiers. If you'd like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, get on over to goldstarride.org and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. And also, Chasing the Cure, help long-haul Paul P. Land complete his mission to ride a million miles for MS. He was told a few years ago that the cure for MS was a million miles away, so he decided to ride that million miles to get that cure. You can help him by going to longhaulpaul.com and donate for his quest for that cure for MS. Thank you for joining me and Amanda here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. You can learn more about Amanda and her channel by going to 
asthemagpieflies.com. That's all one thing right there, asthemagpieflies.com. Links to everything Amanda will be in the show notes and, of course, on the Motorcycle Men website at motorcyclemen.us. And don't forget to get on over to the Motorcycle Men YouTube channel and watch some of the videos we have there. And don't forget to get on over to the Ride with Ted YouTube channel and catch up on some of my videos that I've been putting out. And that is all, boys and girls. Thanks for joining us here in the V-Twin Cafe. I am Ted, your host. And for the rest of the Motorcycle Men crew, thanks for listening. And remember, boys and girls, we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Ride safe, kids.